Chris Ritchie. Now, uh, when you reached out, I, I uh, wrote you back and said, like, I, I wasn't familiar with your DJ handle. I, I did, now that I see it, I've seen the name around, and obviously I've seen you in the nominations. But Thank you. Um, the branding. The Richie name, I did go back to see what stuff all I knew when I was going through your catalog, too, because that was a name I knew right away. Um, yeah. It was you, the, you didn't know it right away? The, the song that really when i went back through your catalog that stuck out was the uh too rare to die i think it might have uh, been on one of our early uh playlists for one of our early episodes of this podcast thank you very much so yeah that one stuck out to me um your description in your bio there was like i skimmed through a few different things besides the material that you sent me and uh one of them said uh about the sound for the Richie project, anyway, uh, being uh, Beatles meets Soundgarden or something along those lines. Oh, excellent! And I'm, uh, I'm glad that caught your attention. That's something I've uh, I've always kind of uh, played around with that uh, expression because uh, I've always said there's two things I use to describe my music over the years, and that is a, a soulful acoustic grunge piano. When I do mm-hmm. piano, when I do guitar, it's soulful acoustic grunge. And I've always said the Beatles meet Nirvana. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's it. Or like, you know, the voice, my voice, uh, someone described this to me once and I, I, I agreed. It's like, yeah, can I use that? And they said that it's like, you sound like a mix between John Lennon and John Mayer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's great. That's kind of like where my influence is coming from. Not John Mayer, but like a Jacob Dylan, Wallflowers, kind of raspy. And John Lennon and Paul McCartney, of course, my favorite songwriters. The Beatles are my favorite band. So uh, growing up, listening, I had those albums. My dad's record collection. I got to give a shout out to my old man. I love you, dad. You know, his record collection, I just discovered it. It was more than the Beatles. The Beatles, it was Beach Boys, it was Gary and the Pacemakers, or is it Jerry and the Pacemakers? I want to say Gary. Uh, you know, that Mersey beat, that English-British uh, invasion sound just mm-hmm. washed over me. And then I got into, like, late 60s psychedelia, you know, kind of stuff. Uh, I never really got into, like, 70s rock like Led Zeppelin because I was always just in the 60s in that moment. I love 50s doo-wop. You know, I love these great pop melodies. And then as a teenager in the 90s, there I go dating myself, but, yeah, so... I was really into grunge and like uh, great bands like Nirvana, like Our Lady Peace. Uh, later on, I liked the Foo Fighters very much. Uh, in early 2000s, I liked System of a Down. You know, so all of these kind of these heavy grunge, these rocks, these driven like kind of like tunes, kind of mixed with this love of 60s pop that I have, and it became this different, this different soulful acoustic grunge piano sound, and that's what I've been trying to create uh, with my music, and I'm always going in new directions with it. Which is what's great because I'm constantly being influenced. Like I have songs that are 10 years old, some that are 15 years old. And when I wrote them, it was the best I could do at that time. And then I revisit them like a decade later. I'm like, you know what? This should have an electronic drum beat. This should be more drum and bass now. This has got to have some wub, wub, wub in it. And then it would go a lot further. Maybe that's why they never have come out yet. I was waiting to finish it with a piece. And I guess I had to just get more experience and modernize my sound. Sure. And eventually it clicks. And that's what I'm trying to present today, <laughs> these days, fingers crossed. And so it's funny, uh, in the little brief uh, ramble we had before we started getting into this too, uh, about yeah. technology and everything, uh, you obviously followed a path since that 90s uh, fan of the alternative music. You followed a path of music and learning how to perform and work all the machines so you can create your own music. <laughs> and exactly. the the technology gap you that we it. briefly talked about, I followed the path of the technology in a corporate career. So I got that technical 
foundation and then circle back to oh i wanted to do stuff with music so i, I i'm the opposite path we, we'll, we'll have music week if we have time we'll have to sit down and have a coffee or something oh absolutely about something like, gonna, yeah i'm gonna be up there for the, all of it i go up uh thursday morning early because oh, my yeah. showcase is thursday night yes which man i'm excited about um I've been trying to do this for a long time, and I, I made a couple of jokes about dating myself, but I'll, I'll tell you that I just crossed that 40-year-old uh, threshold. Uh, I've been doing music since uh, as a teenager. I've been thinking I'm going to make it in a year, in just a year or two, mm -hmm. uh, for 20 years. And it's just, you know, now looking back, I can see why it hasn't happened up until now, because it didn't have that, not just maturity as an artist, I didn't have the know-how. Um, in the olden days, I think, you could get famous quick and early if uh, you worked near the Brill building in New York City, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. or, the, or the Brillstein building. And there was like these made guys who would know how to like make an artist. They'd grab somebody, they would condition you, they'd teach you, you'd learn dancing and you'd go and you'd be a factory and you'd be out the other side and you'd be a pop star. These days with all the technology, we're doing it ourselves. And it takes a yeah. long time. It takes, it really takes a long road to figure, <laughs> figure yeah, it out the record the record deals took yeah. the AR men away and now everyone's gonna kind of fend for yeah. themselves until the money starts rolling in so. and, and i'm without management and if anyone out there sees this and they're looking and they're, they're into artist management and they're looking to manage somebody uh, i'm looking to build a team soon but so far it's just been me uh, well, and it's it's just passion and drive and some more drive and some just grinding man uh, hopefully constantly. somebody listening to this throughout music weekend the, hmm. the weekend of music week is there and hears that you're floating around and you can get that's how i move I float. so you you have <laughs> like two whisk. different two different handles here you, you're going yeah. so as chris ritchie who chris you are, is the guy who gets up every morning and, and has breakfast and has bacon yeah. and eggies and, and now uh, you've been cats. You know, nominated as Emerging Industry Professional of the Year. Yeah, that was. And something. you have two parallel projects yep. that I know of, uh, mm -hmm. Richie and is it Hans Uns? It's close enough. Uh, I get I get all kinds of pronunciations, but it's Hans Uns. And okay. it, it was like an inside joke or something. Uh, I'll go into the voice for a second. Like when they were working on the like behind the scenes, uh, doing like rotary stuff, like stage hand or whatever. So we passing the time, we're talking about like German techno music or something. So we're like, I like the uns, uns, uns music. So I'm Hans, uns, Hans, uns, Hans, uns. And my, my buddy Ilvars, his name was uh, Baron von Wolfcastle. So imagine us, we're two stagehands, you know, up on deck, pushing gear around, pushing risers around, setting up other people's drums, setting up other people's dreams. <laughs> well, I don't get to live mine yet, you know. So to to lighten the spirits, I was going to be Hans Uns and he's Bern von Wurfkassel. So we would have conversations y'all like this, and so it just was an inside joke for many years. We just would go Hans Uns, Hans Uns, Hans Uns, uh, and then I started producing hip hop around 2014, working with a guy who used to be part of Empire Crew in Toronto. His name's Tony Ranks. Shout out Tony Ranks, what up, buddy? And uh, <laughs> we were doing a session. We met through a mutual friend at the end, like to wind down a recording session. Usually we'll just have some fun. We'll goof around, you know, and, and this silly stuff happens, you know, and I played this beat I was working on. That's something I had made for fun. It was like a slow kind of 110 BPM dance beat. And it was, uh, it was called Austin Powers. It was just this, actually, no, I don't even think it had a title yet. It was just this beat. So I played it. Um, and it had like a Hans intro, but I'm like, Yava, hear this music. Can you use it? Like that, you know, real, real funny stuff. And uh, Tony got an idea and he just started freestyling over it. And it was so good. I hit record, I grabbed the microphone, I threw it over to him. 
And uh, he grabbed it and just started dun, 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 just laying down the verse right there. And the song just built live right there. So we captured it all. And we we barely changed it since that day. So what you hear if you hear the song, and it's called Austin Powers. And it's uh, by Tony Ranks, a uh, great rapper named White T. And uh, myself, Hans Zunz. And it's, it's online. You can find it. It's very rare. <laughs> Hard to find, especially the extended disco version. Um, but uh, it was just, that's the magic. So after that, we started touring around that summer, 2014. I'm getting ahead of myself here. And uh, doing a bunch of shows. And every time Tony introduced me, he was like, this is my producer, Hans. This is Hans. Hey, it's Hans. You know, I was like, well, actually, my name is Chris. And they're like, no one cares. No one, gave, no one, there wasn't even a second notice to the name Chris or Richie. It didn't land. But that summer, the name Hans was a hit. And especially I'd go to a bar and I'd talk to Hans' voice like this or whatever. I was like, let's have two of the autos or whatever, you know, and just had play this character that was just so into himself. And it was the first time I really realized that you could uh, get over your stage fright by being your stage persona. You didn't have to be a uh, shy, introverted Chris Ritchie, you know, from Cole Harbor, uh, who everyone made fun of. <laughs> Where are you now? Um, you could be this other character, this other persona, and on stage it gave you power, it gave you confidence, it gave you a, an identity that was entertaining. You could be entertaining, you could make jokes, you could uh, get the crowd really, really involved, you know. And then when it was over and the lights went out, you went back to the green room where you packed up and went home. You could, you know, go get a double Big Mac and just sit there and watch Futurama and just go back to being regular old you, you know, and, and doing your life. And then when it came time to perform again, you could be that persona or you could be somebody else. And uh, I think it's definitely two very different identities when I'm out performing as Hans, Hans Unz. And when I'm out doing a show as Richie, Richie's a lot more me. It's a lot more soulful. It's a lot more like, here's the story of my life uh, expressed through music. You know, here's... Um, Good times, bad times, worryful times, times of triumph, times of great sadness and pain, you know, all puts the music. This is my heart that I'm opening up, and that's what Richie's really about. And Hans is just, you know, German, Austrian party boy. <laughs> and so that's obviously successful enough because as that character, that persona, you were nominated for DJ of the Year as well? Yes. Yeah, I'm <laughs> thrilled by that. One thing I didn't ask you about, the, uh, the actual name Richie. Um, yeah. When you perform as Richie. Yeah, where it's all done up as initials. It stands for reality is the cause, humility is everything. That's correct. Reality is the cause, humility is everything. So under that stage name, you are showcasing at the Music Week that we've been focusing on on the, all yeah. these recent episodes. And as I said earlier in this interview, um, uh, I don't know if I said it's my first time. I said I've been trying for 15 years, for almost 20 years, yeah. to get into a showcase. This is the first time I've actually gotten into a music festival to do a showcase. Um, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't be more excited. I feel, I feel like a kid, for sure, because uh, it's just a lot of hard work come to fruition. See, many years ago, when I was living in Toronto, because I grew up here, I moved away in 2004 when I was 23, uh, looking for adventure uh, and trying to be a famous rock star. I thought, take me two, three years, tops to Toronto and people will be so impressed that I'd be in Los Angeles and, and quick as the wing. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. But I had some great adventures. Uh, but I did uh, apply for festivals. Didn't get in. I think I was too unpolished or didn't know how to present myself or I uh, definitely didn't have a brand. I was just uh, Chris Ritchie with a 12-string guitar, playing open mics and stuff. Um, but when I couldn't get in, I didn't quit. I became an assistant stage manager one year. I just started volunteering, and that's what kind of led to me working behind the scenes. Um, after that first year, the next year I was a stage manager of a venue, and then every year after that, 
uh, volunteering for it was North by Northeast, and then after that was Canadian Music Week, and I just went back as a volunteer every year. And we keep stage managing. I get to interact with bands. I meet management. I meet A and R people. I start to kind of unpack what the record industry uh, is or was, at least in the 2000s, early 2010s. Uh, and just kind of make notes, like when it's my time, when I get there, when, I, when I'm at the point where I'm making a rush up Mount Olympus, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to know the ins and the outs on, uh, on how to do it. So if I, couldn't, if I couldn't be on this side of the velvet rope, I'd stand patiently on the other side and wipe the tables down, push forward cases, do what I had to do. Just like with eye on the prize, never took my eyes off the prize. Though, and I never gave up. I never gave up on myself. Even when I had friends who were on that side, they were in bands that were successful, that were touring, you know, did the whole thing. And I would just watch like from the sidelines, like, oh, golly, my turn. One day I stood on some pretty big stages uh, when they were empty <laughs> and just dared to dream. Um, one moment I came working at the uh, Molson Canadian Amphitheater in Toronto, which now Budweiser stage. I can remember setting up backline for, uh, for Journey, doing a concert and working with their piano tech. And I stayed around a little bit after everyone was kind of cut and I was talking to him about piano stuff. And he was showing me one of the keyboards they use and it was real cool. And he was going through the sounds and he came across the sound for the intro riff from uh, Van Halen's jump. Yeah. <laughs> and he showed, I was like, I always wanted to play that. I never knew how to play it. He goes, oh, it's just simple. It's just like this. And so uh, he showed me and I got to play uh, Van Halen's jump on Journey's keyboard. That's awesome. Uh, that was a really cool moment. And it just kind of lets you know the universe is listening. Uh, and it's, it's, it's walking hand in hand with you, uh, step by step, all, all the way. And it will give you your day in the sun. Everyone gets their 15. And yeah, you're I just going to keep I at think, it. Yeah, I think this year I've, I've seen a lot of progress from my hard work. And it's about, <laughs> it's, to quote Lizzo, it's about damn time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know it's, I mean? it's an excellent story. Uh, I, and do you, you accredit anything in particular for 2021-2022 time frame that really pushed you up over the top? Or is this just the fruition of 15 years of putting in the time and making the connections and working on your skills? First of all, that's a really excellent question. Thanks for asking that. Um, I'd like to answer that question in two ways. First, in my regular voice, and then second, in a kind of high-pitched shrill. <laughs> That's an old Monty Python joke. Uh, going into 2021, you know, we're right in the middle of COVID. Uh, the world's changing right before our eyes. We didn't know. Uh, we're working in the live uh, music um, industry as, like, you know, stagehand, as audio, lighting, that kind of stuff. I didn't know if I had a career anymore, sure. you know. Uh, so I had to start looking for other things to do. You know, I took some <laughs> some expensive courses on trading in foreign currency. <laughs> Don't do it. You're gonna try something. I, I thought I was gonna stay. Home. I was gonna stay home and trade stocks. <laughs> oh man, it was a crazy time. It was COVID. The world was crazy. Uh, so uh, coming out of that, you know, I knew I had to do something. I had to, for lack of a better expression, shit or get off the pot. Can I say shit? Oh yeah. Anyways. I, want, I wanted to do it already, you know what I mean? Uh, during COVID, I turned 40, and I just was lamenting over a life well-lived. You know, I had a really good run, but did I do what I was wanting to do all my, all my life? You know, was I successful in this? Yes, I was. Was I successful in my career and building a skill set that I enjoyed? Yeah, I was, but was it my dream? No. What did I always want to do? I always wanted to play music and perform and be recognized for that. 
um, and turn that into a living. If, if, if that could be how I make my bread and butter, <laughs> I'd be happier than anything. I mean, nothing would really get me down. I've already been through a lot of, of tough times. That's why I laugh a lot. Always, you know, be wary of the people who laugh a lot because that means they've, they've run the gamut of every other emotion yeah, in life. They've been through enough tragedies and sadness and pain. We're and just heartbreak. on the other side. Where just, you can appreciate so, it's like yeah I know that sucks you, but everything makes you laugh now and giggle yeah. and they're like that guy's so giggly he's like he's been through some stuff and then guy's yeah. seen things um, so it's like how long do any of us have left lots of time not so much you know people seem to keep dropping off every year and I, I unfortunately think I have more friends who've, who've left this earth than I have currently um, I have some great friends right now but I've lost some great great people and before i'm on that list i want to get everything done that i meant to do i don't want i don't want to waste any more time and that means staying in uh, on nights when your friends are all going out to the bar and having a good time you know it means like taking shifts for work that are early in the morning or late at night so you can make the income so you can skip those other really good days so you can spend those days you know going on tour or working with other artists or playing other shows uh it's just it's a constant grind but luckily in this province, especially, and in the Maritimes, there's a huge support network of people in Nova Scotia. I've never been basked so much in love and support from a community that, that, that support, <laughs> support, support, support. Uh, I don't have a very big vocabulary. Uh, <laughs> well, the whole community. You know what I mean, though? It's like the last few months of the podcast, we've been focusing primarily on Nova Scotia artists, specifically because of our ties in with some of the other artists that we had started back with Music Week last year. And yeah, where we were nominated this year, we were right on top of everything that was coming in. So we just went full tilt in the fall. So I definitely know 100% what you mean, but. I've had a little bit of exposure picking out into some of the surrounding provinces too. And I'm, I'm hoping that uh, after music week, we start to go around because it, it seems like it's the music community in general. And yeah. maybe like when we started the podcast, it was about the reemergence of a strong scene coming right out of the pandemic, but it blew up so quick. Like nobody can oh, keep man. up. It's, I, and that, and everything's everywhere. Like the point I was, I was getting to was like, when we asked, uh, you know, to tie it into your question, when you asked like, what really motivated you going into 2022, was just the culmination of all these years and it finally was a tipping point. It wasn't, it was like, you know, I went through a period where it's like, maybe it won't happen. And then it's like, why yeah. won't it happen? Why can't it happen still? You know, yeah. damn it. So you just start charging up the hill and going, I'm nothing to stop me now. And just going. And like, if you look at it all at once as everything you need to accomplish, it's overwhelming. But if you look at it task by task, yeah. here's the first thing I want to do. I want to take, uh, first, I, first thing I, I'll tell you what it was. I joined Music Nova Scotia. Uh, I got involved in my music community in a big way. I wanted. I, got, I researched in, in the East Coast Music Association, so I became a member and an active uh, participant in the music association of the area that I was in. Mm -hmm. uh, I signed up for basic training. I took the basic training course where they teach everything from funding, streaming, branding, marketing, royalties, all that stuff. I didn't know what mechanical royalties were or that I was owed any yeah, until I took I, the basic I took training. I did all the same things last year, and yeah. for anyone listening, absolutely do it. It, it don't it, it doesn't matter if you're yeah. out there trying to build on your 15 year career, or if you're just picking up a guitar and learning now. You can join and support the community, and That's you right. can be involved in these things. But for the people that are like yourself, Chris, working and trying to build their own material, it's an excellent networking opportunity. 
And it's, it's been, that's been the difference. And I, I, I got to tell you, man, like um, I did the basics training early in this year. You know, uh, the first thing I started doing uh, about a year ago or uh, just over a year ago was I started uh, getting back into DJing by uh, doing a weekly thing on an internet streaming site called B&B London Radio. And I did a show called House of Hans. I still do it today. We're on episode 90 or something like that. Wow. You know, I do it every week still. But when that was giving me something to do every week, when I was home, the government was paying for my, you know, yeah, bread and butter. And I didn't know what to do. <laughs> to do. I had something weekly. I had to be on top of and pay attention. And that got me into doing the basic training. And the basic training was something that I had to clean up for, shower, brush my teeth, you know, stop feeling sorry for myself. And then I was on camera uh, in front of people. And I was like, well... I, I could see other people, you know, who were after the same goal. And that made me hungrier. Mm-hmm. You know, then I started participating in uh, Songversations, which was on a, which is on a Zoom format uh, during COVID. It happens every Thursday at Freeman's and Sackville. Plugged the Songversations, hosted by Jerry Mambo. You better go. Cool. Uh, but they were doing an online version. So it was the first time I was able to ever turn the camera on myself in my studio and perform. So everyone performed from home via Zoom. So everyone would have their spot. So that was something else and now i've got all these reasons to start kind of and those are the each one of those was a step and as it started the momentum the wheel just started to turn and each thing more that i did or if just maintaining those two or three things had that wheel going slowly faster slowly faster and then the momentum just started to build and as it built people were drawn into that you know as you start to do things and you post about it or you start to make a bit of a splash because you're active in the community it draws you to other opportunities. Suddenly you get a message. Hey, we're doing a show. Can you DJ it? Hey, we're doing a show. Do you want to perform? And then you add that to what you're doing. And then that's more things coming into that wheel. And it starts to go faster and faster and faster and faster. And that's been the whole year of just momentum, like a snowball rolling downhill, if you want to use that analogy. But it Absolutely. just keeps going. And if I had have looked a year ago at how much I have on my plate today, it would have been too much. It would have been so overwhelming. I would have never. Yeah. I, would, I would have just like smoked a joint, <laughs> fallen asleep, watching Futurama. And eating a double Big Mac, you know what I I ha- could you can't look at it, the whole thing of what to do. Just look at the first thing. Look at the first thing you need to start doing, and then do it. Yeah. And then once you're already doing it, what's next? Ask yourself what's next, and just keep adding. And yeah, just keep putting you, one foot in front of the other. Yeah, and, and, and the more information I got from from being a part of Music Nova Scotia, that's what led to finding out how to uh, become a, a judge for the Junos. Uh, that's another point uh, this year. Uh, I was one of the judges, I can say that now, for the Juno in the Recording Engineer of the Year category. There were 10 judges countrywide, and I got to be one of them. I was very honored. Uh, But that came from getting involved in joining C-A-R-A-S Karis, the Canadian Mm -hmm. Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences, and just being being involved and reading the newsletters and and going to the meetings and that kind of stuff, or just like being active. Led to how to do that, how to apply to be, you know, a judge, how to apply for nominations, how to get your name out there. And then it led to this year actually being nominated in two different categories. And getting a chance to showcase in yeah, one of the one of the biggest of, uh, weeks of the year, the biggest events is Nova Scotia Music Awards, and it's the 25th anniversary, and it's in Sydney, which is which is a town that I love. Uh, every time I <laughs> every time I go, it's a strong and good time. You don't have to be drunk to be there. But yeah. it helps. <laughs> oh no, it's gonna it's I gonna be it. an awesome weekend, that's and a, that's the secret, man. I, I'm excited for everyone that we've been talking to, but. Uh, yeah. There's some parallels with your story and a little bit of my background there too. So uh, I uh, definitely. What are they? I'd be interested in hearing. We're around the same age. Okay. And you look, you look much younger, by the way. I uh, I just to shaved me. today. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, <laughs> yeah, where I I did work a corporate career for years, but I always 
kind of had my fingers in some capacity around the music industry, whether it was volunteering for festivals yeah. um, in some capacity, or uh, I had some side businesses selling music merchandise. And in a past life, I was record store manager. Oh, which one? Uh, <laughs> I worked at Records on Wheels as an assistant manager, then uh, AVE and CD Plus for a while there as well. So I, I did I did yeah. all of the main you, ones except Radio Land <laughs> at one point. You were living out the Empire Records yeah. life, and that's yeah. one of my favorite movies. Yeah, if uh, <laughs> I still celebrate Rex Manning Day every year. <laughs> if my old uh, coworker Erin happens to be listening, she was a huge fan of that movie at the time and dating us both. The movie was recent at the time. So I'll leave that one alone, but uh, we <laughs> are going to run out of time here. So I do want to okay. give one more shout out for people that are listening. Uh, Thursday, November 3rd at the Crown and Moose. Yeah. Um, that's a 300 Esplanade uh, right downtown on the water in Sydney. And you'll be playing the same. You're playing back to back with Mackie, who's also known to people from our uh, podcast. And uh, been yeah, um, I actually... Um, was uh, hanging out with Mackie just the other day. I do a little radio show in CKDU awesome. uh, in town, and I brought Mackie on as a guest. And this is great because this is actually this is a lot of first. Uh, it's my first showcase. Um, this is my first actual interview with somebody else where cool. I'm being interviewed. I've done interviews, like I said, with Mackie. I, I was interviewing Mackie. I was interviewing Junk, who's coming to town October yep. 30th uh, at Gus's Pub. My name is Junk on the tour. Go to it. <laughs> Wake me when it's over. Tour. Um, I actually got really excited. I got to interview. Uh, Mackie on Monday on a little radio show I do on CKDU called The Han Show. It's 9 p.m. Atlanta time every Monday on CKDU FM Community Radio. So I got to interview Mackie and I was giddy <laughs> because I'm really a big fan of them. Uh, you know, their music really uh, is is more than what you expect. Like you, I, I love, love uh, the branding that they're doing, the, the, the drive they have uh, to get where they're going. And then you listen to the music and you're like, oh. <laughs> and it's even better than you wanted it to be. And you're like, this is this is this is going places. Uh, I, I I look up to them a lot um, as for how much they get involved with the music. Uh, I, I drew a lot of parallels when I hung out with Maggie because we have we have a lot of things in common, a lot of the same goals. Uh, we're both very involved in the music community. We're both chasing our dreams as fast as we can run, as fast as I can chase down my dream. I'm running down that dream, and I'm gonna catch it. I'm gonna catch you, dream. I'm gonna catch you. But I'm a huge fan of Mackie. I'm really, really pleased that I get to. I, th I think it's very serendipitous. The universe is definitely giving me a uh, wink because I get to play at 11 p.m. That's the Crown and Moose, 300 Esplanade in Sydney. And I get to open for someone I really admire, which is Mackie. And I got a special guest coming on with me uh, during my set, uh, the rapper Ayari, who performs with Realize um, quite a lot this year. They've had a really good year, too. Uh, so Ayari is going to come on stage with me and do a couple of songs. I'm involved in a couple of songs of hers, and uh, I think it's a good transition to go from my style of soulful acoustic grunge piano uh, with a little bit of hip-hop and some live. It's live hip-hop, too. It's not going to be pre-recorded with just a back and track and a mic. I'm actually going to be like, you know, like live with it. We're going to do live hip-hop. I'm going to lead right into Mackie, so it's going to be a really, really fun night of some amazing Nova Scotia music. And I encourage everybody to get to Nova Scotia Music Week very early on Thursday night. Uh, and go to Crown and Moose, especially, and come watch the show. Please do.
Yeah, I'm I'm very excited, and uh, like I said, we're both going to be there early or earlier than a lot of the other people. So uh, we'll have Excellent. to hook up some well, point. We'll, we're going to have later. a drink then. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We'll have a beer and we'll do a sociable, and we'll say Slancha and Chad Milfalcha, which is what they say around there, which is a hundred thousand welcomes uh, in Gaelic, and that's what I'll say is Chad Milfalcha. Uh, when I see you out there uh, in in less than seven days, oh my gosh. Oh, yes. it's coming up soon. It's exciting. It's going to happen. Whoa. Well, it's been well, really great talking to you, man. Yes, and I'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks for, for doing this, and uh, we'll talk again.